Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسول الكريم والحمد لله رب العالمين حمد الشاكرين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته dear brothers and sisters we'll continue إن شاء الله the tonight the third part of سورة الفاتحة إن شاء الله this will be the last part of this تفسير and again uh, just a reminder this is the surah number five in the order of revelation. We have already done surah al-alaq, aqra' bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. Then surah al-muddathir, ya ayyuhal muddathir. Then surah al-qalam, noon wal-qalam wa ma yasturun. Then we did surah al-muzzammil, ya ayyuhal muzzammil. And to, we started surah al-fatiha two sessions ago. This is the third part of the surah, insha'Allah. And before uh, I go into the... Uh, uh, the next ayat, uh, last time I was uh, explaining the ayah, which uh, ayah number uh, three, uh, or number two, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. And in the explanation of tafsir, when I was talking about Ar-Rahman, when I mentioned that Ar-Rahman is a characteristic, it's a property, it's a, a sifa, it's of Allah Azza wa Jal, and it pertains to him, to Allah Azza wa Jal. So it is his characteristic. And I think one of the words which I mentioned, it's called part of him. The word part of him is not appropriate. That's not correct. Uh, just to, to be sure, to make sure that uh, the idea here, so no one can get the misconception that there is Allah Azza wa Jal can be partitioned because the word part implies partitioning. Uh, the meaning was is that Ar-Rahman is a characteristic of Allah Azza wa Jal. Uh, it's the characteristic of the of the of Himself. Uh, there is nothing called part of Him or subpart or something like this, and that's to distinguish the meaning of Ar-Rahman from Ar-Rahim, where Ar-Rahim is a characteristic which pertains to His actions. So Ar-Rahim is the one who practices Ar-Rahma at the time when the Rahma is practiced. So he does the Rahma. Ar-Rahman means he is merciful as him. He is merciful. Whether there is an act or there is no an act, Allah Azza wa Jal is Ar-Rahman. So I just wanted to make sure that we, we are clear on this issue uh, in case we go back to the recording uh, of what I have said when I uh, listened to my to the recording. There was... Uh, misstatement and this 
is, of course, I think it's due to the uh, English uh, going from Arabic to English. Sometimes it's not, uh, we may not be expressing th- things the way they should be. So I just wanted to make sure that this is uh, clear. Then uh, going back to the surah, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, we mentioned that this means that all the appreciation, all gratefulness, all thankfulness to Allah Azza wa Jal, to Allah, and we said that Allah is the name of Allah. So Alhamd be to Allah Azza wa Jal, and Allah describes himself in this uh, case, Allah Rabb Al-Alameen, the Rabb of all the worlds, and all the appreciation be to him as Rabb, and Ar-Rahman, and Ar-Rahim, and also Maliki Yawmuddin. Malik Yawmuddin, we mentioned that there are two readings for this, either Malik or Malik. Malik means the king or the uh, the one who owns the authority. Malik is the one who owns the whole thing. Yawmuddin is the day when everybody is accountable for the acts. And the deen is a derivative of the dayin or death or the accountability. And then uh, we also mentioned that... Uh, the next ayah that comes, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ They come as a natural consequence, natural conclusion of the fact that I recognize Allah as a Rabb, as a Rabb of all the worlds, as a Rahman, I recognize Him as a Rahim, I recognize Him as a Malik Yawmuddin, He is everything. He gives me my life, He gives me my existence. Not only that, but He owns the day of judgment when I will return after this life to the place where I will be held accountable. So naturally, out of all of this, then I will direct my worship to him. Iyaka na'budu. And then also we mentioned, Allah Azza wa Jal is using this pluralistic form. Na'budu, we worship you. We, entire community, the society, indicating that the ibadah of Allah Azza wa Jal is not only per individual. It is per individual and per group. We as a group. We worship Allah Azza wa Jal. We as humans, we as society, we as a state, we as people, we worship Allah Azza wa Jal and we also seek the assistance and the support and the help of Allah Azza wa Jal. This comes as natural consequence. It is only natural once you recognize who Allah Azza wa Jal is, who the creator is, who is the Rabb of the world, the Lord of the worlds, who is the owner of Yawm al-Din, who is the Rahman who is the Rahim, you know all of this, then of course I have to worship Allah Azza wa Jal and anything else is not acceptable. Anything else is not rational. Anything else is not reasonable. Anything else defies this human humanistic type of thought that you recognize Allah Azza wa Jal, all of this, and then you worship someone else. You recognize that Allah Azza wa Jal is the Rabb of all the worlds. And then you seek your legislations, your orders, your instructions from someone else. It does not make sense. That is insanity. So when the people called Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, يَكَادُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَيُزْلِقُونَكَ بِأَبْصَارِهِمْ لَمَّا سَمِعُوا الذِّكْرِ وَيَقُولُونَ إِنَّهُ لَمَجْنُونَ When they say he is insane, the real insane, and Allah azza wa jal, of course, he mentions, he specifically states, they will find out, they will have to know who is the astray, who is the insane. The insane is the one. Once you know that the Rabb of the world is Allah Azza wa Jal, the Rabb of all the worlds, Allah Azza wa Jal, Ar-Rahman is Allah, Ar-Rahim is Allah, the owner of Yawm is Allah Azza wa Jal, and then you will find the people, they, are, they want to worship someone else, that is insane, that is not right, that is absolutely not reasonable, that is irrational. 
So the irrational, the insane, the unreasonable is not the one who worships Allah Azza wa Jal, is the one who defies the worship of Allah Azza wa Jal, the one who denies Allah Azza wa Jal the right to be worshipped, and the one who denies the people the right to worship Allah Azza wa Jal. That is the insane. Not us who worship Allah Azza wa Jal. Now, after that we move to the next ayah, where in the next ayah Allah says, اِهْدِنَا أَصْصِرَاطَ المستقيم." And the word ihdina, ihdi, ihdi means give me the inclination. At-tahadi, al-hadi, it comes from the incline. In fact, they say in Arabic, in poetry, tahada al-ibilu, or tahada al-jamal. Tahada means he inclines, either right or left, you incline. So Allah Azza wa Jal says, ihdina, give me the inclination. Allow me to be inclined. Allow me to be directed towards something. That's the, that's where the word guidance comes from. Ihdi, at the end of the day, it's guide me, but it's give me that direction. So now, once I recognize that Allah Azza wa Jal is my Rabb, He's my God, He's my Lord, He's the one who owns everything, and the one that I want to worship, now I need, I need to worship Him on a certain path. Because worshiping Allah Azza wa Jal, remember, you recognize Allah, you want to worship Him, how do you worship Allah? How do you make sure that whatever you do to Allah Azza wa Jal would please Him? You cannot choose and select your own way of worship. In fact, it's narrated that at the time when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, during the era when the, the wahi came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, right during that environment, there were three people in Mecca who used to be called al-muwahidun. The ones who do not worship idols. That's before Islam. They are, they are not Muslims yet. One of them was Warqa bin Nawfal, the, the uh, uncle of Khadija bin Khuayrid radiallahu anha. And there is another man, another person, he used to sit next to the Kaaba. And the people say that they would hear him saying something like this, Oh God, that's Allah, I know you exist. I know you are my Rabb. And all of these idols around the Kaaba are not my gods. I do not recognize them. But I do not know how to worship you. Only if I knew how to worship you, I would. Now that's very interesting. A guy here, he recognizes that behind this wall there is a god. There cannot be these idols, Asnam, they are not gods. The sun is not a god, the moon is not a god, the people are not gods. God is Allah Azza wa Jal, the creator. And this man, he still recognizes and understands that behind this wall there is a God. But how do you worship this God? I don't know. I need guidance. I need something from Allah Azza wa Jal. I need him to tell me because I am the created being. I am the human. Allah Azza wa Jal is the creator. Allah is the one who created me. He knows me. I don't know him. I don't know his substance. I don't know his reality. I know he exists. I know there is a God behind this world. But what is it? What is it that pleases this Allah? How can I worship him? On what basis? I have no clue. It has to come from him. I cannot dictate. I am the worshipping entity. I cannot dictate how I will worship Allah Azza wa Jal. I don't know what is, what can please him, what can make him angry. 
I don't know what type of prayer to do to him unless he tells me. So here, Allah Azza wa Jal in this ayah, in this surah, he continuously reminding us that you need, you just declare that you want to worship Allah. I just declared that. I want to worship you, Allah Azza wa Jal. Now, I am asking Allah Azza wa Jal, Oh Allah, give me the guidance on a straight path. Al-Khat al-Mustaqim, al-Sirat, al-Sirat means the path. Al-Mustaqim, straight. I want a straight path. What is the straight path for? What do you need a path for? A path to walk on. You need a path to go through. Go through where? To whom? I want a path to take me to worshiping Allah Azza wa Jal so Allah Azza wa Jal will accept me. So I need a guidance to this path. I need someone, I need Allah Azza wa Jal to declare, to announce, to put the milestones on this path, to tell me this is the path. This is how you should. So that puts me, in fact, right at the beginning of this revelation of Islam. This is still, Islam is still being revealed. Only five surahs revealed, four, and this is the fifth. This is the beginning of Islam, and this is the beginning of the book. I'm still reading the book starting with Al-Fatiha. Ihdina as-sirat al-mustaqim. Give me a direction to a path that leads to you. Give me the path. Now, if I declare this, and I ask Allah Azza wa Jal to give me the guidance, it means that I am not going to declare at any point of time that I am worshipping Allah or walking on a path to Allah until and unless I know for sure with certainty that this path is declared and given by Allah Azza wa Jal. Now think about it. If this is the case, and it is the case, it's in the Quran, then all of these issues that the people today talk about, oh, I am worshipping Allah Azza wa Jal based on, why, based on what I think is my benefit. My benefit, or whatever seems to be good to me, whatever seems to be of interest to me, that is not a path that Allah Azza wa Jal gave. I want the path that Allah Azza wa Jal told me, this is my benefit. My benefit and my interest is to worship Allah. It's not the other way around. It's not worshipping Allah based on what I think is right. Worshipping Allah based on what He says is what is right. It may sound confusing, but let me repeat it one more time. What is right, what is right, what is of interest to me, what is of benefit to me, is whatever Allah Azza wa Jal says, this is the path. Not the other way around. So I cannot come at the end of the day, and I say, for example, I will just give example I gave it in the past. Oh, elections coming up, voting coming up. It is in the best interest of us as a community. Remember, it's iyaka na'bud as a community, as a people. If it's, it's in the best interest of us to come and agree on someone that would represent us in the Congress or in the White House or somewhere. It's in the interest of us. Therefore, therefore, it is an obligation. Somebody comes and says, obligation means it's a ibadah. So you worship Allah Azza wa Jal by casting a vote to someone. I say, wait a second, this is not how it goes. That's not how you analyze things. You go to the Sirat al-Mustaqim. You ask Allah, what is Sirat al-Mustaqim? Tell me what is right, what is wrong. And then you go to the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You find 
you find a hukum shar'i, you find a conclusion there, you find what is right based on what Allah says, what is wrong based on what Allah Azza wa Jal says, and then you say, this is what I will do, that's my interest, it's not the other way around. If what Allah Azza wa Jal says, you don't need a representative, you cannot do this type of legislation, voting based on a system which is not based on Allah Azza wa Jal, then that's my interest. And the same thing, let me give this example for the revolution currently going in Syria. It's in the best interest of the people, they say, that now you have to call upon the NATO, the Security Council, United States or Britain to come and support you to topple down Bashar al-Assad. It sounds to be beneficial and of interest. But according to this ayah, it doesn't work like that. You need to go to find out in the Qur'an and in the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam ayat, something that's related to this issue. For example, you find an ayah in the, in the Qur'an which says, بَشِّرِ الْمُنَافِقِينَ بِأَنَّ لَهُمْ عَذَابًا أَلِيمًا الَّذِينَ يَتَّخِذُونَ الْكَافِرِينَ أَوْلِيَاءَ مِنْ دُونِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ أَيَبْتَغُونَ عِنْدَهُمُ الْعِزَّةِ فَلِلَّهِ الْعِزَّةُ جَمِيعًا Give the tithing to those munafiqeen, hypocrites. Those who ally themselves with kuffar who are not believers. Because they want to seek through them power and dignity and support. They are looking for the power and the support and victory through them. بَشِّرْهُمْ بِعَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ Tell them that you will be severely punished. Because إِنَّ الْعِزَّةَ لِلَّهِ جَمِيعًا Because the izza comes only from Allah. Just like here, Alhamdulillah. All the hamd belong to Allah and all the izzah belong to Allah Azza wa Jal. That's ihdina sirat al-mustaqim. So ihdina sirat al-mustaqim, I am asking Allah Azza wa Jal, give me a sirat al-mustaqim so I can worship you the way you want me to worship you. And before too long, by the time this surah is over, within two ayat, Allah Azza wa Jal immediately in surah al-Baqarah says, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ هُدًا That is the book, that is the book, Indeed, it contains all the guidance you need. That's very interesting. Now, although the Surah Al-Fatiha was revealed very early in the, in the Dawah, but Allah Azza wa Jal told Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam through the Wahi, make this Surah the first one in the Quran, just right before Surah Al-Baqarah, the biggest Surah. And immediately after this Surah, اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَرَضَّلِّينَ I will talk about this in a second. But then immediately after, when you start reading Surah Al-Baqarah, it immediately says, أَلِفْ لَامِّمْ ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابِ That is the book, which is this book in front of us. لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ There is no doubt, absolutely, it contains, contains complete guidance. ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابِ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ هُدًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ It is, it has a huda, it is a guidance. It contains guidance and it's guidance by itself for al-muttaqeen. Who are al-muttaqeen? Are the ones who are asking Allah Azza wa Jal, اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ The one who are reading this ayah right at the very beginning from Surah Al-Fatiha, اِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Oh Allah, give us al-sirat al-mustaqeem. Oh Allah, guide us to al-sirat al-mustaqeem. Oh Allah, give us the hidayah. Oh Allah, show us the path. Oh Allah, show us the direction so that we worship you the way you should be worshipped, the way you deserve to be worshipped. We are asking this dua to Allah Azza wa Jal every day, 17 times at least. At least, why 17 times? Because we pray five times 
And in those five times, there are 17 rak'ah at least in the fard, besides the nafil, besides the sunnah. So every day, we are asking Allah Azza wa Jal, Oh Allah, give us as-sirat al-mustaqim. And Allah says, okay, here it is. Here it is, it's the Qur'an. It's right there, it's in front of you, it's the Qur'an. And then, once we do that, we say, okay, let's go to Jan Jack Russo. He has a book called The Social Contract. In The Social Contract, he defines the civil state. We want to build a civil state. A civil state defined by Jan Jack Russo. Who's Jan Jack Russo? The French philosopher. What did he do? He wrote a book. What is it called? The Social Contract. What does it define? The structure of a state. What do we want? A civil state. What do Allah Azza wa Jal told you? Salat al-Mustaqim, the Quran. And then you go to Jan Jack Russo, it makes someone minds, person goes out of his mind. You are reading this, Al-Fatiha, every day. And Allah is telling you, الكتاب, And then you go to Jan Jack Russo. You go to that book for the social contract to define the civil state. What's going on? Don't we read? It doesn't even take a brainer. This is not much. What I am saying here is not out of the, out of, uh, something coming from Allahu Alam where. It's very simple. Very simple. I am reading Alhamdu. All the appreciation to Allah. Nothing, no one else. Allah. Rabbil Alameen. The Rabb of all the worlds. Ar-Rahman. He's Rahman, not like Rousseau or Voltaire or King or Martin Luther or Smith or Descartes. Not like any of these or Hegel or Marx or Engels. These guys are not Rahman and not Rahim. They don't know mercy. Allah, Rabbil Alameen, the Rabb of all the worlds, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, the owner of the day of judgment. Worship him, we worship him, we ask him to for isti'ana, we direct our help to him. And then we tell him, We cry up to him. This is just like you are really crying up to Allah Azza wa Jal after all of this recognition. Oh Allah, What a better dua could be than that. What a better reply. Allah is guiding us to the dua. Look at this. I'm not inventing the dua. I'm not the one who is making up the dua. It's Allah. He made that dua ready for us. Sometimes you say when you want to write a document, you say, I wish you give me a template so I can just fill the blanks. It's a template. He's giving us this template ready. Not only that, not only that, he is directing us to how to, to ask him, he's giving us the answer immediately. That book indeed has a guidance for muttaqin. And if you don't have guidance in that book, if you don't use it as a guidance, then you are not one of the muttaqin. Then you immediately declare you are outside the scope of muttaqin. Ihdina as-sirata al-mustaqim. I want as-sirata al-mustaqim. And by the way, as-sirata al-mustaqim, let me dwell a little bit on this. There is a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that talks about as-sirata al-mustaqim. What is a straight path? Sometimes, what is the talking about straight path? It's abstract. It's not abstract. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, as-sirata al-mustaqim, it's like a road. And along this road that you are walking, there are doors on the right and on the left. And those doors or those entrances, they are covered by blankets, satair, not hard doors, which means it doesn't take too much to enter. And at 
the end of the path and on top, there is someone who keeps telling you, yelling at you, keep going, don't enter the doors. Don't enter any of these doors. And that is wa'idul Qur'an. The wa'id of the Qur'an. The Qur'an keeps telling you, don't enter any of these doors. لا تدخلن أحدا من الأبواب. What are these doors? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, these are حرمات الله. The حرمات of Allah azza wa jal. وحدود الله. These are the limits of Allah azza wa jal. These are the حرمات. This is what Allah azza wa jal prohibited. There are all types of doors, exits. You exit, there is an exit for riba. There is an exit, riba, usually. You walk through, you are out of this path. There is an exit for zina, adultery. You get out. There is an exit of lying. There is an exit for false witness. There is an exit under it named nationalism. You exit this door. There is an exit of what's called patriotism. I am patriot. We are patriots. Patriotism, let me define it, that we are brothers because we live on the same land. Brotherhood, what makes brotherhood and the tie is the land. Or what makes the tie is tribalism. Tribalism and nationalism is a blood relationship. We are blood related, therefore we are brothers. We are on the same path. No, we are not on the same path. You are on the same path if you believe in Allah Azza wa Jal. That's the path. The bond that binds people along this path is the belief, is the Qur'an that's telling the people, keep walking, keep walking. Those who went to O'Hare, you know, you remember that you are on the escalator, says, keep walking, keep walking. Otherwise, if you don't keep walking, you will fall. Or someone will, will, will step on you. Keep walking, keep walking. And that's the Qur'an, Wa'id al-Qur'an says, keep walking, keep walking, keep going straight. Don't go to the right, don't go to the left. Don't exit nationalism, don't exit patriotism. Don't exit through capitalism. Don't exit through democracy. No democracy. Quite many people, they say, oh, my, very nice door, decorated. There are lots of lights. Freedom, liberty, liberalism, being legislation, elections, representation, they give all types of fancy names to it. Democracy, it's an exit. You exit this path through democracy. You exit this path through capitalism. You exit this path to socialism. You exit this path to, 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 uh, to nationalism. You exit it to patriotism. You exit it to other hurumat. If you have parents and you are not paying their dues, their respect the way they should be, you are not, you are not paying humility, humility to parents. Being so merciful to them, you are humiliate yourself to them. If you don't do that, that's an exit. That's an exit. If you leave your kids without the education, without the knowledge, without Islam, without the Quran, without the Sunnah, that's an exit. You are exiting with them. If you are investing your money, your wealth in haram ways, by selling pork, selling liquor, selling, uh, going into stocks of all types of stocks or riba, putting your money with interest and gaining interest, that's an exit. Those are exits. And I'm not going to count all of these exits. Just read the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. The halal and the haram are bayan. The Prophet ﷺ in a very marvelous hadith, very marvelous hadith, narrated by Muslim, 
عبد الله بن مسعود says, سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول, I hear the Prophet saying, ليس من شيء, not a thing, not a single thing, ليس من شيء, يقرب من الجنة ويباعد من النار, إلا أمرتكم به. Not anything that takes you to Jannah and keeps you away from Jahannam, I pointed it out to you. I told you to do it. ليس من شيء يقرب من الجنة ويباعد من النار إلا أمرتكم به وليس من شيء يقرب من النار ويباعد من الجنة anything anything no matter how small or big that takes you to جهنم and keeps you away from the Jannah I told you not to do it I pointed it to you stay away from it إلا نهيتكم عنه ولقد نفذ ولقد نفخ الروح الأمين في روعي الروح الأمين جبريل he told me ليس من نفس تموت there is no نفس that will die until and unless حتى تستوفي رزقها فأجملوا في الطلب and no one will die don't worry about your death don't worry whether you will die and you have not eaten enough don't think that you will die you have not accumulated enough wealth Allah Azza wa Jal will give you all the risk that he has allocated for you and therefore ajmilu for talab therefore ask for your risk in the halal manner that's the explanation of the hadith that's al-sirat al-mustaqim al-sirat al-mustaqim is very clear the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says I told you all everything that's right I told you do it everything that's wrong I told you don't do it why are we doing the other way around Whatever the Prophet ﷺ says, don't do, we'll follow that. He says, let nationalism and tribalism be the rotten one. Let it, just ignore it, leave it. And then we are nationalists more than anything else. Everyone is so proud of a trash, of a trash, called it a national flag. A flag with colors, with stripes, Jordan, Palestine, Egypt, Syria, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Indonesia, Malaysia, nationalism. And we're so proud of these things. And the Prophet said, leave it. And we hold tight to it. And give someone a flag that the Prophet raised with his own hand. A raya of the Prophet that was flowing above his head. With La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. You say, Oh, I don't know this. I don't recognize this. That's not my flag. I am from Jordan. I have a Jordanian flag. That I'm not going to raise. That's how the ummah is plunging in all of these miseries. After reading Ihdina Sirat al Mustaqim and asking Allah Azza wa Jal for a Sirat al Mustaqim, and Allah Azza wa Jal gave us a Sirat al Mustaqim, and then when we are not taking a Sirat, then why are we asking it? Why do we ask Allah Azza wa Jal for it if we are not following it? And then Allah, as I said, this template of the dua, He makes no ambiguity. No ambiguity. Allah, ihdina as-sirat al-mustaqim. Give us as-sirat, the straight path. Sirat al-ladhina an'amta alayhim. The path of the one that you bestowed your favor upon. Sirat al-mu'mineen, al-muttaqeen. In fact, in the Surah Al-Baqarah, where it says, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ هُدًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ There is a hudan for muttaqin. And here we are saying, I want the sirat of the الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ Who are al-muttaqin? 
I want the sirat of the one that you, Allah, you bestowed your favor upon. And in fact, there is also another place in the Quran where Allah Azza wa Jal talks about this an'amta alayhim, so that we know who are they, when we says, أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ مَعَ الْأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ Those people, those who believe in Allah Azza wa Jal and worship Him truly, مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ The one that Allah Azza wa Jal made His ni'mah upon. Who are they? الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ الْنَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّقِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءِ The prophets, al-siddiq, al-siddiqin are the ones who they are very truthful to the religion. That's al-siddiq, truthful to the Islam. Everything that comes from Islam, I say, I accept. Everything from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, I say, I bow down my head and say, I will do it. Everything comes from Allah Azza wa Jal say, Insha'Allah I am committed. No hesitation. As-Siddiqeen are the ones who follow without hesitation. Like Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. He was called As-Siddiq because he doesn't hesitate. It's Islam. And this is, it is incumbent upon us, it's obligatory, because Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمَ الْخِيَرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ A mu'min, Man or woman, when Allah Azza wa Jal makes a decree, when Allah makes an order, says, do this or don't do that, they say, Alhamdulillah, sami'na wa'atana. We listen and we obey. That's how a mu'min does. Those are as-siddiqeen. So Allah says, Ula'ika ma'al ladhina an'ama Allahu alayhim min al-nabiyyin wa-siddiqeen wa-shuhada wa-hasuna ula'ika rafiqa. And this is, these are the best mates or the best friends or the best companions or the best associates. This is what the ayah here, the dua, اهدنا الصراط المستقيم Give us الصراط المستقيم Show us الصراط المستقيم Tell us where is the صراط المستقيم Define to us الصراط المستقيم Explain to us الصراط المستقيم Outline to us الصراط المستقيم Give us the details of الصراط المستقيم All of this is included in the ayah. صراط الذين Definition Further We want the path of those that you Allah Azza wa Jal accept, that those you bestow your favor on, those you give the na'mah on, those you accept, those that are in the Jannah of yours. Not only that, and this is the, the power of the Qur'an, the power of the Qur'an is that it does not leave cases ambiguous. Just like the shahada, shahadatain, ashhadu anna la ilaha illallah, it's not only I witness that Allah is a God, I witness Allah is a God, and I witness that there is no God but Allah Azza wa Complete. It's completeness, it's conclusiveness. Here, the conclusive. Give us a sirat al-mustaqim. The sirat of the ones that you, Allah Azza wa like and accept and you give your favor upon. And I don't want the sirat of the following. Ha, that's the completeness. غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين not the sirat of this and that group. There are two groups that Allah Azza wa Jal is giving us this dua. So we make this dua. I want a sirat al-mustaqim. I want a sirat of the believers, of the muslimin, of the mu'mineen, of the ones that Allah Azza wa Jal accept. I do not want. I ask Allah Azza wa Jal, please don't let me be on the path of al-maghdubi alayhim, the one that you are angry with. The one that makes you angry no matter who are they, anyone who makes you angry, and Allah Azza wa Jal 
he is angry the most, according to the Prophet wasallam, the most thing that angers Allah is when his hurumat are violated. When his sacred things, the one he made sacred are violated, Allah is angry. And there are many things that Allah made so sacred that makes him so angry once they are violated. One of these things, now I will, I will mention in a second, in the tafsir, in the quick tafsir, al-maghdubi alayhim, in most of the tafsir, they say these are the Jews. Abdalin, the Christians. Which is fine, that's good. So, which is, it's a very good tafsir, it's a very good concept, that I don't want the path of the Jews. I don't want the path of the Christians. I want the path of the believers. I want the path that takes, you, takes me to Allah Azza wa And in many occasions here, you hear it almost every day, oh, we have to be, to act just like the Jews do in this country. They have lobbies. We, have, we must have a lobby just like the Jews. We must work on the interest through the Congress and the, don't you see how the Jews do it? We hear this quite often. Here Allah Azza wa says, don't ask for that. Now going back to the Hurumatullah, going back to this Maghdubi alayhim, which is more general. Al-Maghdubi alayhim is more general than just the Jews. Anything that angers Allah Azza wa And the ones, the Jews, they did anger Allah Azza wa They made him angry. They made him angry because they violated all the rules he gave him. He gave them. He made them the best nation. Allah in the Quran, he reminds them that I made you one of the best nations in the world. But then you violated my rules, you violated my laws, you killed my prophets, you killed the believers, you killed... So they made Allah Azza wa angry. So we are done with the Jews. They have done what they have done. But now it's us. There is some hurumat, and here I want to dwell on this, one of the greatest sacred things that Allah Azza wa created in the world is Al-Kaaba. وَمَنْ يُعَظِّمْ حُرُمَاتِ اللَّهِ After Allah Azza wa talks about Al-Hajj, He says, وَمَنْ يُعَظِّمْ حُرُمَاتِ اللَّهِ The one who makes great the hurumat of Allah Azza wa فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ مِنْ عَزْمِ الْأُمُورِ That is something great that Allah Azza wa likes. But also, also the Prophet Sallallahu says, something is even greater and more important and more sacred than the Kaaba, which is the blood of a Muslim. The blood of a Muslim is more sacred, more important, more great than the Kaaba of Allah Azza wa How much of the blood of the Muslim is violated today? How much are we the Muslim Ummah letting this blood of Muslims to be spilled just in Algeria yesterday? blood of Muslims and non-Muslims was, was spilled without any reason. In Mali, in Mali, the French airplanes, they are bombing cities and villages and people right and left. And regular Muslims are being killed. In Pakistan, the, 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 the drones, in the last year alone, few thousand people, more than 10,000 people were killed by the drones in the valleys of Pakistan, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Syria, don't even mention this, in Syria it's, it's horrible. 
horrible. More than 100,000 people already being killed, Muslims. Children, women, without any reason, except for one tyrant that he doesn't want to go. Tyrant, kafir, oppressor, doesn't want to let go of the, of, of the rule, killing Muslims right and left. Blood of a Muslim is violated on a daily basis, every day, every day, every day. Allah Azza wa Jal is angry, 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 and we are saying, Allah don't make us among those who are al-maghdubi alayhim. Al-maghdub. Maghdub means the ones that Allah Azza wa Jal is angry with. Allah Azza wa Jal, His anger cannot be more estimated or more said about. More than this blood of Muslims that are being crushed and killed every day, every day, every night, every hour, every second. I leave it to the young among, among us to count how many souls are killed per second in the Muslim world for the last 10-15 years or for the last year alone. Per second, not per minute. If you count the ones who were killed in Iraq, in, in Syria, in Somalia, in Mali, in Pakistan, in Afghanistan, all of these, count them, and in Myanmar, that's also not to be forgotten. Count those and find out. And then we continue to read, Ihdina Sirat al-Mustaqim. We just, this is lip service. The Muslim Ummah, 1.5 billion people, it's a lip service. We read it seven times, 17 times a day, and some of us, we even read more. Some of us who make Qiyam al-Layl, they pray about 20, 30 rak'ah every night. That's even more than 17, makes it 40. Ever keep reading. What is it about? Why, why don't we even think about this? We are asking Allah Azza wa Jal, I want to be on the straight path. I don't want you to be angry with me. And I don't want to be misguided. Abdalin, what Abdalin, going back to the issue of, when I am asking Allah Azza wa Jal, al-mustaqim, and I don't want the path of Dalal. Abdalal, Abdal, again, it comes from the, someone is lost. And in the old Arabian desert, or uh, at the time of the revelation, this word used to be commonly stated or talked about camels when they wander in the desert and they say, Dalla Somebody loses his camel, he looks for it all over, he doesn't find it, he goes home, and then when he says, Dalla it means it's lost forever, it's gone. There is no hope that he will get it back. Means it left, we looked for it all over, we couldn't find it, it's absolutely lost. So maybe there is a, a, a monster, a wolf or something that will kill it, will eat it, will do whatever with it, but it's not coming back. That's Abdalala. Abdal, Abdal means you are lost, you are not coming back. In fact, Allah Azza wa Jal, He talks about this quite often in the Quran when He says, لَيْسَ بَعْدَ الْحَقِّ إِلَّا الضَّلَالِ Beyond what is right, what is fact, what is good, what's from Allah Azza wa Jal, beyond that is Abdalal. So there is this scope of Islam. This scope, it's a circle. Beyond this circle of Islam, there is Dalal. If you are not found within this circle, you are gone. You are lost. Just like the camel that's lost. It's done, it's gone. There is no way you can recover it. So Allah, here we're saying, Allah, we are asking you, show us the path that we stick on this correct path, straight path, so we do not be one of Abdalin. Now, as I said in the tafsir, they say Abdalin are the Christians. Abdalin is not only the Christians. 
Adalin is everyone who is gone beyond the scope of Islam. Everyone who does not stick to the path of Allah Azza wa Jal. Everyone who does not seek guidance from Allah Azza wa Jal. Everyone who does not see the guidance and follow this guidance. That's Adalin. The one who continue to claim that no matter what, we are not going to implement the Sharia of Islam. That's Adalin. The ones who really have the authority, have the power, have the ability, and say, we want to continue to be a civil state. We want to continue to be democrats. We want to, to continue to be nationalists. That's Dalil, that's Dalala. Dalala, nationalism is Dalala. Capitalism is Dalala. Democracy is Dalala. Civil state is Dalala. Capitalism is Dalala. Patriotism is Dalala. All of this is Dalal. Beyond the scope of Islam, Allah... O oh Allah, ehdina sirat al-mustaqim, give us the straight path. Not the path of those who are you are angry of. We don't want to be on any path that makes you angry. We don't want to be caught in any situation that makes you upset. You can't even upset your father. How is it that possible that you want to upset God? Rabbil alameen. You can't upset your manager because he can kick you out. He can lay you out of your job. How is it that you are willing to upset Allah Azza wa Jal and make him angry? You are not even willing to make angry a president or a king or an emir simply because he has jail. You say, oh, I don't want to do that. If he gets angry, he can take me to jail or he can kick me out of my job. But Allah Azza wa Jal owns all the worlds. Not only your world, all the worlds. Allah Azza wa Jal, Maliki Yawm al-Din. He owns the Yawm al-Din. And you make him angry. That's why we say Allah اِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ The believers غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ We don't want to be caught in a position where we make you upset. We don't want to be in, on any path that upsets you, on any path that angers you, on any path that makes you unhappy with us, on any path that does not make you pleased with us, and on any path that takes us into a dalala that we may not be recovered. غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين. And at the end when we read this surah, we always say Ameen. Ameen is not part of the surah. It's not an ayah. Ameen is not an ayah. Ameen, Ameen means, Oh Allah, please accept. That's the meaning of Ameen. And the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, whenever you read this surah, and you say Ameen, the angels, Al-Malaika, when they hear you, they always say Ameen. Those Malaika that hear this, they say Ameen. They are asking Allah Azza wa Jal, on our favor, on our behavior, on our behalf, the Malaika, the angels, whenever we read this, they ask Allah Azza wa Jal, Ameen, O oh Allah, give them the guidance, O oh Allah, give them the straight path, O oh Allah, accept their prayer. And Allah did. Allah did. Because sometimes you say, oh, I still need guidance from Allah. I want to be guided. What guidance do you want? He gave it to you. You ask Allah for guidance, He gave it. He said, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ It's right here. لَا رَيْبَ That's book. It's big. Well, this one is big. You may have another one, smaller one. So don't be... Frustrated with the size. But it's a book. It contains guidance. مَا فَرَّطْنَا فِي الْكِتَابِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ He says, I didn't leave anything out. Everything I gave it to you. Not like sometimes some, 
scholars, they keep some knowledge to themselves so that later you come and ask them. So they don't give it all at once. Or they give you some portion of it. So later maybe you give me a call or send me a note or invite me. Maybe it could be a good dinner. Invite me so I can give you more. Allah Azza wa Jal says, ما فرطنا في الكتاب من شيء. I don't need your favor. Here is the book. Here is it for you. Just take it. Read it. Understand it. Use it. Hidayah. This is the end of Surah Al-Fatiha. It's a very great surah. It's a surah that's equal to the entire Quran. It's a surah that was called Al-Shafiyah. The one that cures. Al-Afiyah. The one that gives you the health. It's the complete. Al-Kamila. They gave it all types of names. It's Al-Kamila. It's, it's one that contains all those meanings of Islam that we want. We just have to ponder on it. To think about it and use it. And then continue going through the guidance of the Quran for real. For real. Not for simply to enjoy. Because there is a big joy in reading the Quran. But that's not the objective. The objective is to continue seeking the guidance and to continue seeking the straight path and to continue looking at this path so that we will never deviate from it. We'll stop right here. Any questions, comments, observations? Yes. Um, you mentioned the issue of the the school that the um, you have to respect yourself. Um, you know, sometimes a lot of times people, Muslims in general, form, it's not restrict them, so it's just going to them not aware of the market. Like, differentiating what they can take of the society that they live in, which has, which is based on a different basis from what the Akhila or the Creed is. So, what is the, you know, the criteria that we need to carry in order to distinguish between what we take and what we cannot take from? Well, the criteria I, I already mentioned that right after saying I want to worship you and then give me the straight path and that straight path which means that ibadah that worshipping Allah Azza wa Jal I have to take it only from a source that is authentic that it's from Allah Azza wa Jal. So I look at what Allah says, and the authentic sources are two, the Qur'an and the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, which was recorded in an authentic manner. These are the authentic revelation from Allah So I go back to this, not me, maybe I'm not able to, if I cannot do that. There are scholars. There are scholars who believe in Allah and who fear Allah. And there are scholars who do not fear Allah so I'll go to a scholar that fears Allah, that does not sell his knowledge for a dollar. You know, they're called scholars for a dollar, I don't bother about them. I go for someone that fears Allah Azza wa and gives his knowledge only for the sake of Allah, who derives the rules from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So if the rule is derived from the Qur'an and the Sunnah, the Qur'an or the Sunnah, I will take it. 
I will tell you, it doesn't matter whether it's, it sounds easy or difficult, that's irrelevant, but as long as it's derived from there. Now, if I'm ignorant, and I don't, I cannot distinguish between what is valid or invalid, which is very common among the Muslim Ummah, unfortunately, it's very common. We wish that we raise the level of awareness and education in the Ummah to a level where we can distinguish, but nevertheless, the state, the, the, the affairs of the, of the Ummah today is such that many do not distinguish between what is correctly derived or incorrectly derived. Therefore, on this case, I have to at least to make sure that the one that I take the rules from, that I rely for my deen on, at least he fears Allah Azza wa Jal. That, and that is not difficult for an, an average person to, to, to find out. Because that's not something that's, that can be hidden. You know, you can hide your identity once, twice, but then at the end of the day you will be, uh, you will be clear. So if you are a person who's devoted to Allah Azza wa Jal, you are a good Muslim, you are not uh, selling your deen for, for cheap uh, uh, money, and you are a scholar, I will take uh, my rules from you. Until I, until I grow my knowledge to be able to distinguish between what is acceptable, what's not acceptable. But that's the, that's the, at least the criteria. The criteria is I have to, to exert my effort enough to accept the fact that the rule or the idea I am taking is from Islam, is from the Quran and the Sunnah. And it's not haphazard. This reminds me of uh, the kuffar of Mecca when the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he told them I am receiving a Quran from Allah azza wa jal and I am a prophet and I am a messenger so they were making the statement oh how could this man be a messenger he is walking on the streets if he is walking in our streets that's just like us so those type of sarcastic type of things what does this walking on the street have to do with the message? He says, I have a Quran and there is a proof. It's from Allah Azza wa Jal. You aren't telling me, Yamshi fil aswaq wa ta'am. He eats food and he's uh, uh, walking in the streets. Those is, 
those type of the so-called distraction, destructive arguments. Destructive arguments means is I place an argument on the table to distract you from the actual issue. So I am telling you, I am saying, capitalism, capitalism, it's a rule, it's a rule based on a theory derived or delivered by someone called Adam Smith based on his understanding of the evolution of matter. Certain, uh, or his, his understanding of the, of the, uh, of the relative scarcity of products to the needs of the people. It's just to be, to be thorough in the, in the theory. That's where it comes. And that Adam Smith or Ricardo in nowhere, in no place, in no book, in no article, they said that we are basing this on our understanding of what God revealed to people. In fact, they continue to say we are basing this on the fact that God has nothing to do with the life of the people, period. I said this is a fact. This is a fact. A theory derived in this way, it's not from Allah Azza wa Jal. Then you come and tell me, why are you driving a car? That's a destructive argument. It has nothing to do with what I have just said. I can answer why I am driving a car, but that's not the issue. That's why Allah Azza wa Jal, when the kuffar of Mecca, they made that argument, why are you walking on the street and eating, and eating food? Allah Azza wa Jalla said, if you wanted a prophet of that type who doesn't eat or walk like an angel, then you should be angels yourselves. So we will be talking about different scope of people, which means the argument is invalid. So this argument, this I call them distractive arguments. That's exactly when you tell the people sometimes, look, in the society there is oppression, there is poverty, and there is all of this so-called the rules of the, of the few against the all. In fact, this, but democracy is the rule of the few against the majority. It's not the other way around. The myth is that the rule of majority, it's a myth, it's a mythology. And the Greeks today, they recognize, they say, it's a mythology what we have said more than two or three thousand years ago, it was only virtual. It never exists. So when somebody comes and you tell them this is a myth, and this is not true, and this is not real, they say, okay, then leave this country. Why are you here? But that's besides the argument. So the issue here, leave or not leave, is beside the argument. So they want to distract you from the argument. I don't accept this argument. I say, that's besides the issue. That's besides the issue. That has nothing to do with the issue, whether I am here or, or not here. Whether I drive a car, or I use a camera, or I use a phone, irrespective of whose production is this phone, has nothing to do with the fact that capitalism as a theory is wrong, is anti-Islam, and is dalala. Period. Because that is the issue. Yes.
Okay. Uh, again, I, I will answer this. But let me, sometimes when this question comes out, it may sound as what we are in, Muslims in America, is a unique situation, absolutely unique. It's not. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he started his da'wah, he was not living in a Muslim society. He was not. He was living in a society that is called jahiliya, absolute jahiliya, ignorant, absolutely atheistic, absolutely polytheistic. They worship everything, just like an Indian. In India, they worship anything that moves or doesn't move. A fly can be a god, a cow can be a god, the sun can, everything is a god. That's how the society of Mecca was. So the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba, they lived in a society that were absolutely not Islamic. And there were rules for Muhammad ﷺ and his people. There were specific rules, not many. Like the riba was a rule. Zina, a rule means that they cannot do riba in, in, in Mecca. And zina, it was a rule. They, they were not able, they, they, they would not do zina. And then there were other rules in general about the good, so-called the good ethics of Islam, which the Prophet ﷺ explained to his Sahaba, what these are. So they were in Mecca, and they were standing up against the most, the most visible enemy, which is worshipping and, 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 uh, dis- and associating with Allah other gods, a shirk. So they did live, and they did object to that, and they objected to the norms of the society. What is objecting to a tatfif? A tatfif is being by standard. By standard in the, in the, in the scales, in the trades, in the commerce, in the politics, in the social. It's being by standard. They objected to it. They objected to the riba of the society. They objected to the social illness of burying children alive, especially the daughters. They objected to oppressing the woman. They objected to slavery. They objected to, to many things. Which means whatever was wrong, they stayed away from, as defined by Allah Azza wa Jal being wrong. Today, today, everything that's right or everything that's wrong is defined. So living in this society, the fact that I live and I eat and I go to the market does not mean I have to deal with riba. It doesn't mean that I have, my daughter has to go and bring a boyfriend home and I will be okay with it. Or my son to go and fornicate and say, well, he lives in this society, he can do whatever he wants. It doesn't mean that. This is a society, it has all types of fallacies, all types of wrong things. Whatever is wrong is, is objected, is wrong. As a Muslim, I define my ahkam, my rules based on Islam. Now, in the extreme cases, in the extreme cases, if I come to a position where I have to, I am under obligation by force, I have to to commit a haram or not to do an obligation, then I will leave. To a place, a position, it could be in a different state, not necessarily the whole country. Because sometimes in, from state to state things can differ. And this is a rule for some Muslims who lived in the society of Mecca, who were allowed to be in Mecca, and the Prophet ﷺ, after migration, 
Now the state of Medina was already complete. Uh, Muslims were living in, in Medina under Islam. Perfect, alhamdulillah, that's good. But there were some Muslims who continued to live in Mecca and did not migrate. The Prophet ﷺ did not call them up or send them a message, text, please follow. He didn't do that. Not because he didn't have phones, but he didn't want to do that. Because they were allowed to live in Mecca. However, living in Mecca does not mean they can do haram. If they are under force of the society to commit haram, then they have to leave. And here is the dalil. When the battle of Badr took place, when the battle of Badr took place, the kuffar of Mecca, they figured out some people who were Muslims. They found them. And they took them by force, they forced them to come to the battlefront on the side of the kuffar, on the side of the mushrikeen. Now these were Muslims, and they were not fighting against the Muslims. But in the battle, the Muslim arrows or spears did not distinguish between a kafir or a Muslim. So some of them were killed. Some of them were killed at the hand of Muslims. Here comes the resolution of the Quran in Surah An-Nisa. It says, الَّذِينَ تَوَفَّاهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ ظَالِمِي أَنفُسِهِمْ قَالُوا فِيمَا كُنْتُمْ قَالُوا كُنَّا مُسْتَضْعَفِينَ فِي الْأَرْضِ قَالُوا أَلَمْ تَكُنْ أَرْضُ اللَّهِ وَاسِعَةً فَتُهَاجِرُوا فِيهَا إِلَّا الْمُسْتَضْعَفِينَ مِنَ الرِّجَالِ وَالنِّسَاءِ وَالْوِلْدَانِ لَا يَجِدُونَ حِيلَةً The translation. The angels, they took their souls at the time of death when somebody is killed, he dies, now the angels find out this guy is dead. In a state of oppressing their own selves. So the angels are asking now. This is a, a dialogue. Allah Azza wa portrays this dialogue for us. The angels ask, oh, you guys, you shouldn't be on this side. Why are you dying on this side? You are Muslims, you should be on the other side. Or oh, they said, you know, we were oppressed, we were forced, we were under obligation. We were pushed to the battlefront. We had no choice. Then the angels continue the dialogue. They say, but you were able to migrate. You could have fled the place. You could have left. The land of Allah is huge. You could have gone another place. They didn't tell them you could have gone to Medina. You could have gone another place where you would not be under obligation to fight against Muslims. To fight against Muslims. Then the Quran, and this, the Quran according to Mufassirin, this exception, Allah now makes the exception outside the dialogue. So he ends the dialogue between the angels and those who were killed. says, إِلَّا الْمُسْتَضْعَفِينَ مِنَ الرِّجَالِ Now there were some real, really oppressed ones, men, women and children, who had no choice whatsoever, who could not have escaped. لَا يَجِدُونَ حِيلَةً وَلَا يَسْتَطِيعُونَ سَبِيلًا they have no mean whatsoever and they have no path they could not get out. There are some exceptions. So the idea here is if I am in a position like when the war against Afghanistan took place, some Muslims went volunteered and they said we had no choice, we have to fight because we are enlisted as part of the 
and then I go and fight and kill some Muslims in Iraq or Afghanistan. That's haram, you cannot do that. Even if you have to leave. They say, oh, if you don't do that, you are citizen, you should leave. I would leave, but I will not fight. And there are Muslims, they would say they would reject. Put me to jail, fine. But I cannot fight Muslims. That's one case which is similar to that one, but it's general, it's more, gen- more than general. So that's even when you are, and, and in many cases, there is no one who is under obligation to drink beer, under obligation to take mortgage for house, under obligation to get in the stock market, under obligation to sell pork or beer in their liquor store. No one is forcing Muslims to do this haram. So most, no one is forcing someone to go and cast a ballot to Obama, who is killing Muslims in, in, uh, in Mali and in, in Afghanistan and in Iraq and other places. No one is forcing someone to cast a vote to Obama or to Walsh or to any of these uh, corrupt guys. No one will... The majority of people in this country don't vote. The majority, not the minority. Usually they say it's the percentage of people who vote is about 53% around 53% of those who register for vote. And those who register for vote are less than 60% of the ones who, who have the right to vote. So 50 times 60, that's about 0.3, it's almost 35% of the population who vote. And then you are telling me I have to? Why do you have to? If it's only 35% of the people who vote and you say you are under... Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and seerah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.